House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! Coming on! Bill, you're coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. Welcome back to the House of Run podcast. Houseofrun at gmail.com is the email address where you can reach us. We're on Twitter as well. My name is Kevin Sully. He is Jason Halpin. I am in Austin, Texas. He is in Las Vegas, Nevada. Jason, we are recording this at, what, 9 p.m. Central-ish on Thursday. We're late this week. My apologies. My fault. And we're late today to record because I had a plumbing issue that I had to resolve. My back is now sore from twisting and turning, but we are here, and it's good to talk to you, my friend. Yeah, hey, we we're, we're we're still going, you know, keeping the shorter streak than we had before alive. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, man. It's, you know, it sucks getting old because then you do some <laughs> minor thing around the house and then like my shoulder's been hurting for the past week and I'm not 100% sure what I did. And that's <laughs> something. that's great. You did something. It's been a tough week. Yeah, for me. just I... every once in a while I'm just like, "Ow." It's like, "What what happened?" I'm like, "I, I don't know." <laughs> living, man. I was living. I pulled a Jason from a couple of years ago, got up to watch the London Marathon. Nice. And it, we did this live podcast during the race. So it was actually a step up in difficulty, I think, from what you did because you wrote about it, which I guess in some ways is harder, but in other ways... For me, it's much harder. Right. Because um, I'm not a good writer. But like having to be on, quote unquote, is tough mm. at, at 2.30 in the morning, right? That's a good point. So I was going to ask you ahead of time, and I never got a chance to, should I stay up or should I go to sleep and then wake back up? Because the com- complicating factor as well was about five hours after this thing wrapped, four hours actually, my son's birthday was going to begin. And Oof. it was going to be an all-day affair as my son's birthdays have turned into throughout the years. They just – Build and build and build until these there are these two. You guys run a marathon first, and then you do some speed workout in the afternoon. It's just people and people, and he knows everybody. He's the most popular person in our family. It's great. I love it. But at some point, we need to put put some limitations on it. I was going to ask you, given all those factors, should I stay up or should I try to sleep? I I opted for sleep, but I couldn't get to yeah. sleep until ten thirty eleven, and then I set the alarm for two. And I think I'm still. Is it weird to say I'm still feeling the effect of it? No, I think that's fair. Um, I mean, already, you know, once you had kids and you've got multiple kids, including younger kids, I imagine, you know, you're just perpetually ty- uh, tired, I would assume. Just mm-hmm. it sounds exhausting Accurate. From, from my perspective. Um, yeah, I think for me, I would have definitely tried to do the sleep as well. At the very least, I would have tried to get in like a, I mean, at that point, you're just calling it a nap, right? Like a 90-minute <laughs> nap. It's almost. And then I feel it like was two hours. I bounced back strong for the pod. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. But then, and then, but I know, you know, halfway through the next day, I am hitting the wall hard. Um, but I think that's the move because, yeah, I mean, it's gonna be great if you could just be like, "Hey, I'm gonna fall asleep at seven, but that's not gonna happen. No, it didn't. What happened was the race ended around six ish, and then I did. Once we finished, I'd do a couple things. And then by the time I finished those things, my daughter had woken up and wanted breakfast. So I fed her breakfast. 
And then at some point I fell asleep on the couch. I don't remember what I was do if I was planning on falling asleep or if I was trying to do more work and I just felt or I was checking something with the race. But then before I knew it, it was eight thirty, and then I thought, okay, I should need I need to I still needed to uh, finish them on the lawn. I had to run an errand before the birthday started, and then the people with the bounce house because of course we got a bounce house again showed up like two hours before they were supposed to. <laughs> And I was so confused because I was still out of it. And they knocked on the door and it was just two big dudes. And I was like, did they not like the pod? Like, what What's what happened here? And they're like, <laughs> and then they're like Austin Bounce House? I was like, oh, okay. All right, cool. So then I spent time with them trying to figure out the correct angle to put the bounce house so it didn't hit the tree. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then we were off and running at that point. Then you can't go back to sleep. And... Yeah, you need to find a time to sneak into the bounce house for a quick fifteen minute power nap. I think it was it was or power bounce. Either way, it was occupied the the next you know, several hours, and then there was a break in between parties. So I I think I got thirty minutes or so in there. I made my daughter go to sleep too, uh, and I thought that would be effective. But I think that just made me more tired when I woke up again. It was just a it was a mess, and that was Sunday because then you go right into Monday and you're and you're off and rolling anyway. All this to say, much respect to you because you did that couple years in a row at least. Yeah, I did a few years. Um, I didn't have kids, so and this I, I would though. I would have stayed up for this one, uh, but now it's taking place during football season, and I already have to be up at like five a.m. on the weekends. So when it's you know when it's in the in the spring, I could I could swing it a lot easier. So you know, I'm, uh, if you ever want to do it again. You just let me know. We'll do it once it's in, uh, you know, in April. Well, the extra two hours would be great, like with the time zone difference. Because if it was a midnight thing, that would be way easier than a 2 a.m. thing. That's I, true. I, I would have stayed up for that for sure. Now it would have – I would still have been in terrible shape. But I don't think it would have been as bad. Because I think that it started at 3 my time. And so that would have been 1. So yeah, so you're you're one to three thirty this time at roughly, which is doable, but it's tough. Yeah, but then I, mean, I, I feel like two to five thirty or whatever, two thirty to five thirty, whenever it was, I was just absolutely murder. It was absolutely murder, and, yeah. and the race was fine. It was great, but it's like no, there's no Kipchoge in it, which probably was the, for the best for me because I would have not been able to process a amazing Kipchoge performance that early. It would have just been noises coming out of my mouth sounds right. that don't form words for a couple hours. Yeah, it was uh it's it's weird because it's just like okay, three guys 204 two, you know, 205 206. Okay, like it was a totally mm-hmm. fine marathon. There was nothing wrong with it, but I guess yeah, without Kipchoge in there, without, you know, maybe someone gunning 202, it it felt like just like uh, okay, at least on the men's side. The women's side was was a much Women's is great. Much yeah. much better race. Um, like I said, the men's side wasn't bad, and, and good for Lemma. You know, gets gets the victory, which was, um, which was really cool. But uh, yeah, I just I guess yeah, that wasn't the one that really popped. And then now we have two marathons in a row: Berlin and London back to back. No sub two or fours on the men's side. And listen, women solid. Jip Koskai ran a great race. I think she's one of the top three in the world right now. I think yep. Cosguy now is shaky. I know she had to come back, but from the Olympics, yeah, she's still in the top three in the world, though. Yeah, but she also lost at the Olympics too. So we can't we can't excuse both of those and be like you lost one because 
of the other on both of them. So, I, yeah. No, but, you, you know, second at the Olympics, yeah, she's not the indisputable best in the world right now. Yeah. But she's still on the very short list. And, yeah. I mean, you, you, know, you, run two four, you run 214, right? Yeah. It's just so far and beyond anybody else. And it's convenient to make Kipchoge comparisons, but Kipchoge's been doing it for so long. It's not even as if Kipchoge's margins of victory were as big as Koskai's. It was more just the guarantee every time he came out that he'd, he'd win. And now we've seen two races in a row where Chip Koskai doesn't have it. But yeah, the women's race was was deep. We expected it to be deep. It was it was spectacular. But when it comes to the men, I just want to know, do you think this is the is this the future? Or at least the, the next five to ten years? Is this what the post- Kipchoge, assuming he retires in a couple of years, era looks like with mm. things flattening out in terms of times because of the shoes. And then from a competitive side, yeah, it's very competitive, but no dominant figure. Because you listen, I mean, Lemma's great, but if uh, Vincent Kipchumba won this race, would we have been surprised? Be second last year. If Garamu won it, would we have been surprised? No, I don't think so. There was a clear group of people who were far and away the best guys and they were all close to each other coming in and none of them was able to run away with it. Yeah. And I, it is weird to see London and Berlin, like you said, both not sub two Oh four. And it just makes you want like having Kipchoge in the race, just some, some people are going to try to go with them. And by default, they're going to be some guys running two Oh two, two Oh three, because he is taking them along for that journey. Um, is this the future? Yeah, I mean, there'll probably be somebody else. There's, there's not going to be another Kipchoge. Like, I don't think that's on the horizon. I, I won't bet on that because there's never been anybody in the ballpark of that. And I don't, I'd be surprised if we see someone like that again, um, just because he seems just like, I mean, generational is underselling it almost, um, just because he's, he's just doing things that have never been done and that aren't supposed to be done at the marathon. So I think there will be, you know, there'll be more. There'll be more parody. Um, but, you know, I think we'll get some more Jeffrey Mutais and Wilson Kipsangs mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. And that would be a return to pre, pre-Kipchoge. Yeah. Which would be fine, which would, which would describe a lot of other eras of the men's marathon. Kipchoge plus the shoes created this explosion. And I think... Because you had him doing the unthinkable, but then you also had random other people. <laughs> and and some established people, too. Bekele is an established name. But you also had just this – you basically had a guarantee of this race is going to produce something nuts. Because either Kipchoge is going to be in it or it's going to be a really fast or you know exciting race. And I don't know if that's going to hold. I don't know if that's going to hold. I agree with you. It sounds like you're saying Kipchoge is one of one. Is that what you think? <laughs> that seems uh seems pretty accurate and also i mean also i mean london still brought it as far as you know elite fields obviously as it always does but yeah. also having six elite marathons within a month and a half of each other probably changes things up a little bit yeah and it seems as if valencia is becoming the dubai of december or like yeah. a, or more established dubai because they have a billionaire Wasn't financing them counting crow song which one dubai of december that's sounds like uh dubai of december i was trying to think i was trying to do my best counting crows impersonation i was buying myself some time i could not think of <laughs> no is that it 
Am I thinking of Cat? Wait, hold on. What's the Captain? Uh, that's song? yeah, that's oh, Mr. Mr. Jones, Jones right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, there we yeah. go. There we go. Uh, shout out Chris Chavez, by the way, whose favorite song like ever is Mr. Jones and Me. Because were we in a like an Uber with him and Eugene, and he started singing it, or someone's car? I have a distinct memory. Man. And I was like, how old were you when the song came out? And he's like, I wasn't born yet. I made that part <laughs> up with a quote. I think that might have been what he said. Anyway, yeah, so like, so Valencia's there as a non-major, but it's pulling some people away. And it's somehow yeah. a faster course. It appears to be faster than, than Berlin, which is faster than London and Chicago. That That's weighing in too. But listen, even if we used to have just random people <laughs> – run these marathons faster and it, you, you don't want to read yeah. into it read into it too much but i i think you're right just having someone like kipchoge is just elevating an entire field and then i just i talked about it last week on the pod there's gonna be a leveling effect with shoes unless they find a way to make them faster that's just the reality of it we, we knew it was going to come to this point where yeah everybody would and- get an opportunity to run a fast time with the improved footwear and then once they've run that time, then things would like start to not regress, but plateau. It's kind of normalized, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's which means we man, don't get to talk about the shoes. Like, it's just, which, it's yeah, so which would just be talk. hilarious if we after all this we get just Kipchoge eventually retires, and then just no one's running two or three anymore. <laughs> like at that point, I'm just gonna just take a victory lap around the world. Um, <laughs> But also, you know, I guess, you know, they, I mean, they went out sixty-one thirty, basically, right? That's which is fast. Yeah, um, probably slower than they. I guess they go out for a Kipchoge race, but mm-hmm. um, they still neg- they still positive split it. So mm-hmm. I guess I don't. I guess I fully don't know what to take of that. Well, I think what you could take from it is that they they had ambitions of sub two hundred three. It didn't. It didn't happen on the back half. The pacing wasn't crazy. Like it, like the pacing wasn't bad. Like it was in Berlin, it's fine. They just couldn't handle the pace because yeah. it's hard to run two hundred four. But they, maybe not quite as deep as normal too. Well, the women's field was deeper because the women had. Yeah, no, yeah. Again, again, the women's field was awesome. So I don't know why we're talking about the men's for so long. Well, because Kipchoge looms over the men, and I just want to know if this this thing. the The thing with the times is transferable to for women and men, but the idea of this one dominant figure. Is is not, but but, I mean, two hundred four is still. I'm looking at this in history. Two hundred four flat is the thirty fourth fastest time in history. That's still pretty good. Still yeah, pretty good. I mean, I mean it's good. It's. I mean, the thirty fourth the thirty fourth fastest hundred in time hundred men's time in history is nine seven eight. If someone went out there and was popping nine seven eights, we'd say oh, that's pretty good. We're in a we're in a pretty good spot right now. So, I just think. This is the natural order of things. The women, though, had what were they at halfway? They were like two seventeen pace, right? One hundred eight fifty. Yeah, yeah, sixty eight fifty. So, but they had they were just straight up deeper. It's just the way the the field yes. broke down, and they had and t- and the top was even was better too. Whereas the men had six people in a pack, the women had twelve, so they could absorb a lot more attrition than the men could, and. Chip Koskai held on as a Meru, who's like looks like she's gonna be a star for Ethiopia, two seventeen fifty eight. She she held on, but the back half of that group didn't. There were a lot of the you know, only five went sub two nineteen, but then six was two twenty, 
35 after going through, you know, 68, 68, 50 or so. So that was quite a bit of a positive split there. That's going to happen in most races where you run that aggressively at the front. It's just that the, this women's field was more stacked than the men's. So it was, it was again, the, the, the reason I'm bringing up the men is just I, I think it's just interesting to th- consider the future that could be upon us pretty soon here going back to – because we've had that in the women. The men, we got so accustomed to, all right, he's going to win London and Berlin. <laughs> yeah. Who's who are gonna win the other ones, and who's who's gonna get who's gonna win the fall that's gonna get hyped into a matchup against him in in London where he's gonna beat him again, basically. And right. We've just done that cycle or the Olympics. Yeah. No. You're, I mean, you're right. It's it's and it's funny we're talking about like he's gone or almost gone, and who knows? Like honestly, just who knows with him. Um, if he, I said he could to you, obviously retire at any point, but if he's winning the Mar- London Marathon three years from now, sure. Who's the second best men's marathoner in the world? Ooh, that is a great question. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no answer. I, the, the, no, there really the, isn't. Like, I'm trying to think, like who, who would be? Yeah, like if you just put everyone in the world in a in a marathon tomorrow. Like who would I be like besides Kipchoge? Like who would who would I have winning it? I Toronto. That would just be my that would be, that would have been my pick. I guess and, that's my default pick. Yeah, but then didn't he, it was a what was he at the Olympics? DNF, right? Yeah, I mean it's there's this just you know because there's no. Oh, sorry, no, sorry, he didn't DNF. He got fourth. Sorry, but he got fourth, fourth by okay. But he got you know he was behind Abdi and and. Uh, McGee. So it's like guys who you would not have number two. Most people would not have them number two. You're going to have Jeffrey Camora number two. You're going to have Sissi Lemma now number two. I, I have no idea. Yeah. Toronto would probably yeah, be. I don't know. Toronto would probably be. You might pick. I mean, I see. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at him now. So, he, I mean, he only. 2018 is when he actually started running majors. He finished yeah. seventh in London, but then won Amsterdam. Okay, fine. One Boston and Chicago in 2019. And then was second in Valencia last year in 20304. Mhm. Um So that's good. But he's it's a not a Yeah, he's a Muay you know, at best. Yeah, yeah, he's not even there yet. Like he's still yeah. got to do a, do a lot more for that. Um You know, and he's 33, so not that young as I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. Yeah, well I do I thought he DNF'd in the marathon so you can tell me it's just yeah i don't know it's it's so hard to kind of know yeah who is that next level i mean you you have a ton of 202 guys not a ton a ton of 202 and 203 guys to choose from um yeah but which one inspires any sort of confidence that's the thing it's like when they go into a race you just go oh yeah well we'll we'll bring him up because Mm -hmm. you know they're they're right there but like there's no one that you feel feel great about i don't think well, every Ethiopian runner DNF at the Olympics. Katata got hurt. He could have been the guy because he won London last year. He was never in, he was never in contention in this race. He did a good job just finishing in sixth in two hundred seven fifty one. But you're not going to pick him. Kipruchu from Kenya was the other Kenyan. He's the one I was thinking of. He DNF'd in yeah. in in Sapporo. So you had all three Ethiopians and one Kenyan DNF in in that 
marathon. If you do a Dubai-style race or a Berlin-style race or Valencia-style race, it's just a total I mean, line up a bunch of guys. Shoot. Somebody's yeah. going to run 202, but, like, I don't, right. exactly. <laughs> I don't know if that means anything. Yeah. I just think in every other event, you could name at least a candidate or a clear candidate or two for the second best in the world except for this. For the women, it's easy. That is between three people. Yeah. Cost guy, uh, Bridget Cost guy, and then Perez Jepchirchir. We'll see what Jepchirchir does in New York, but she won the gold medal. And yep. Bridget Cosguy in Sapporo. So that's clear. It's good enough for me. Yeah, Jip Cosguy won New York. Second in Valencia, now wins London. Makes sense to me. Cosguy, still going to give her credit. She had four majors in a row. Silver medal. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's the group. The men is just like Kip, Kipchoge could. <laughs> how long could Kipchoge keep going and still be the best? So well, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing. I mean, it's. I just, yeah, I wonder with him. You know, he already he, he breaking two done. You know, like he he's already done like the hey let's try weird stuff part of the career. Yeah, and that just does that part of it mean he's bored a little bit. Yeah, but not bored, but just like like antsy to like try other. Th- you know, when you're that good, you just kind of have that itch to try other things. And what's the next thing on his list? Um, you know, we've talked about him whether he would want to try other marathons, but mm-hmm. London's going to write him a big big fat check anytime he wants to show up there um, but the other know, part maybe of it, somebody needs to like break his world record but i don't think then, that's i just don't think that's happening no i don't think anybody can but I, that'd be like th- something to give him you know that that drive to to keep going because it's like what is what is he shooting for and he's still i mean he just went gold so it's not like he's like yeah out of the ether you know out of the limelight and out of whatever like it's he's so good i i i wonder and he also probably isn't swayed by the things of man and he's just above all of this and he'd just be like well you know he'd have like i'd be like well what are you still trying to accomplish and he'd say something more profound than anything (laughs) i've ever thought of but don't you think he'd be more likely to go to the gimmicks if he felt pressed in his comfort zone and he's seeing how nobody is pressing him he's fine (laughs) He wakes up and looks at a 204 in London, and he, wow, it must have been tactical. Oh, it got tactical. Yeah, like he said to, we said about that. Uh, Still f- one of my fair, favorite. Right? trash talk, but not maybe not a trash talk ever. No, he's looking at Gouillet Dola in Berlin and getting scared. I don't think so at all. Now, it doesn't mean he's unbeatable because, as you said, anybody's liable to pop a 203 at any given time. But that person is not necessarily going to be this. Like Kipchoge feels like he'll beat them in the long run. He'll he'll get them in the next race. He'll just keep going because that person will have their moment, and then they'll fall by the wayside. It's just he didn't. I don't think you're not. You may not like this. I don't think he brought anybody with him in this voyage of dominance. I think the shoes just made it seem as if people were with him, but they're not really. Does that make sense? No, I, I I don't think he brought any anyone with him as far as drove them to to next levels of greatness. Maybe, but in individual races, I think absolutely. I think he did a David Rudisha in twenty twelve. Like he's done that multiple times. Yeah, I think having someone having a rabbit who's just doing all time things in a race is just going to make other people run faster in those races it may not make them a better runner overall agreed but it did increase their performance agreed but just as rudisha made that one race faster the event as a whole it didn't transform nigel amos's career getting silver to him 
Are you sure? Have you looked at his accomplishments lately? <laughs> Let me name you the 20, 20 Olympic 800. No, yeah, and I and I contrast that with Warholm, right? Or or McLaughlin and Muhammad, right? Bringing other people. That's what I mean. Bringing other people with them, right? And I th- and I wonder, you know, do you have actually any control over that? Oh like no, no. I mean, it's a know. completely it's an intangible thing. I just. It's just when you okay, so you see you see Kipchoge run what you know he runs a two hundred two right he runs a two hundred three and then the next marathon up or a Dubai Valencia and you see people go ridiculously fast and you think oh man that's the they're they're chasing Kipchoge he's put that in their mind that it's possible and it could be part of it but I think also part of it is just ridiculously fast shoes and ridiculously fast courses combining with each other I think those things because then once they got him aligned with them how many Kipchoge races have been really competitive. There was the one with Adola in Berlin that yeah. I can think of. The insoles popping out. I mean, there, there's been ones that have been close-ish, but it's usually he's running away from people at the end. It's not, man, he had to bring his best stuff, <laughs> like marathon after him. I and mean, he did. He, he still did bring his best stuff. But like, just the lack of uh, ability for people to challenge him even has been has – been, like the marathon in the Olympics. Do you remember that? This summer oh yeah it was beautiful <laughs> it, was a, it was so but he liked the globe I mean, trotters like, he, i mean he he them. did have you know the fourth and fifth fastest times in history are from second place finishers yeah but they were were they factors in the race is what i'm saying and uh, well no but create... i'm saying like I, you know i don't think legesse and garamu run sub 203 in yeah race no no and i yeah I, I i guess i'm doing a bad job explaining what i mean here i'm saying there's a difference between creating a fast race versus like completely transforming being the cause for transforming the entire event. And I, and this is good for him. This helps him because he didn't bring, he didn't create a whole bunch of people that can beat him. He has a whole bunch of people who can jump in a race with him and remora fish their way to a two Oh three or a two Oh two high. But that person doesn't, hasn't, no one's had the staying power. Not even, not even, we're not even talking about, expecting a Kipchoge level staying power. It's not even a we don't have a person who's like uh a Mutai level staying power. Do you understand what I'm saying? Am I not am I Yeah, no, no, absolutely. There there's there has been it's it is interesting that no one else is kind of we don't know who the next guy is. Because we tried to make it Pekele, and that's how that's how we knew that there was no guy is because they're trying to make a Pekele thing since happen. Wilson Kipsang. Like that was the last guy yeah. besides Kipchoge. Okay, and then what? I mean, other than the doping thing, Obviously. but like, yeah. So I mean, but, but like that was the only other guy that we were like, oh, okay, this guy's like clearly the guy. And then like, you know, but Kale popped up for a minute, and it was kind of like, but he just never did it with any consistency right. at all. Yeah. So you couldn't really take too much out of it. Um, <laughs> but and that's my point: the fact that he, there wasn't this whole army behind him. Of people that were going to yeah. take his spot, and again, the 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 comparison, you know, the flip side of that is the, the foreign hurdles, where you, you look and it's like, okay, Warholm needs to run a world record because if he doesn't, he's screwed in the in the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's and it, I mean, even more testament to Kipchoge to be able to do this without anybody there. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it as a critique. I'm saying it. No, no, I agree. I mean, it's just like it's it's kind of the. Jordan in the '90s thing, where who was the second best guy, and then everyone would have a list of like seven different dudes. Yeah, 
You know, like it, it's there wasn't there wasn't that direct thing, and that's it's a reason for him to continue, is what I'm saying. At his normal at his normal rate, I want him to keep going. (laughs) Yeah, at his normal rate, because there hasn't been there hasn't been a a clear person come up. And I I, like I said, maybe this will go all out the window in these next couple. Like by the end of 2021, and there'll be nine two hundred ones in Valencia, and I'll I'll look like an idiot. But when I look at the London and Berlin results, and listen, I mean, I don't think Boston's going to change our mind unless the weather is really fortuitous. Maybe Chicago has something quick, but and and a lot of this is due to okay the pandemic and the busy schedule, sure. But I think also part of it is because we're seeing people come down to earth a little bit, and we're seeing them as they truly are, not as okay. Well, now they did this, and this, and only in their second marathon they ran this fast. Now we're seeing them as they actually are, not as they thought that they could be. We're not seeing. We're seeing. That, that there is still that that big gap. Yeah, and I wonder, I mean, and I think there is a big gap, but I would, you know, we're coming off the two weirdest years ever. Yeah, but do you so know that, who that could, was not impacted in normal by it two at years, all? maybe maybe somebody does win three out of these four, you know, majors and we kind of go, "Oh, well that's the guy." But do you know who was not impacted by the weird year at all? Freaking Kipchoge. He ran on an airport. Except for the except for London, you know, 2020. Okay, but still, he got. You're right. He got. He had a loss. I think that was more weather related than pandemic related. But, but then this year he runs a two hundred four thirty, in the airport, and then he crushes everybody in the Olympics. So it was yeah, short term. Oh no, yeah, he's still he's still him. It's just yeah, I, I just you know that kind of threw everything out of whack a little bit. So we'll see how we kind of come out the come out the other side. Again, I'll I'll wait for the rest of fall winter marathons to develop to before i say this is certain it's just this is how it looks right now if this is a glimpse into what post kipchoge looks like it's much different than i thought because i thought the opposite was going to happen it was just it was just going to create this uh there there'd be a couple people that would emerge who would be not dominant figures like him but people who would run off a series of fast times and solid wins but yeah i mean what do you think do you think we'll get through the rest of 2021 with a sub 204? Do you think it could? I mean, Valencia. I don't know if it's downhill the whole way or a moving sidewalk, but it's just right. it's ridiculously fast. But the chances of something quick now are coming down to basically Chicago and Valencia are the two fastest options, I believe, with at least with the highest quality of fields. Yeah, I Valencia definitely wouldn't surprise me if we got something in there. Uh, Chicago. I guess it could, but I mean, Chicago can be like Chicago's weird. <laughs> it can be fast, but then a lot of times it's not. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like it used to be consistently fast. Obviously, the rabbit and everything like that. But it's yeah, I wouldn't bet on it in Chicago. But Valencia, I, I would think we'll see a two hundred three or or two. So right now, the fast. Even though I have no idea who's running Valencia, Chirono and G Camo have been announced. So I mean that's pretty good. Yeah, some dudes, some dudes there for sure. So right now the fastest time of the year, Titus Sekiro, two hundred two fifty seven in Milan, in May, and you're like, oh man, the Sekiro guy is going to be something. Well, he DNF'd in London, so yeah. we already have, we've already come back down to earth on him, and then Ruben Kipiego was second in Milan, two hundred three fifty five, so a minute back, and he's going to be running in in Chicago. 
perhaps he'll he'll be a guy. But again, don't hold your breath. Yeah. Don't 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 hold your breath because even when we do see Kipchoge is the combo of fast times and big wins, and it's hard to get both those things. Yeah, and I know Berlin's fast, but like part of you goes like, yeah, be interesting. Kipchoge just said, screw it, I'm gonna run Valencia since these guys can seem to just churn out two hundred threes. Yeah, yeah, there. But I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that was a long, long discussion on a guy who didn't even run. Right. This week. Uh, let's see. Other questions. Is Costco still the best women's marathoner? I wrote that one down. Yeah, I think like I said, it's, I think it's those three. I, uh, it, you know, if so, if if all the best in the world were lining up for you know a spring marathon next year, like who who do you got? I like L.A. Chip Costco, not just because of recency bias, but mostly recency bias. Uh, it's hard. It's hard not. I mean, when you see someone run, win two seventeen in a loaded field. Yeah, not, for that not to kind of have an effect on you a little bit. I like sh- the fact that you know Cosguy did come off the Olympics and I, she didn't win that either. She finished second, but that's two pretty quick back to back. So I like the fact that she's won. Jip Cosguy's won tactical and won fast, but so is Jip Chircher because she won the Olympics and then she also ran Valencia and ran the uh, two seventeen sixteen. But she's in the Jip Cosguy's in the clubhouse. Already, whereas Jeff Scherzer still has to win New York, I think to yeah, to, that's true. to to keep pace, and she's been an extremely high level in the marathon for only only two years because 2019, what her PB was 223, and I mean she's run they both run ridiculous halves. Jeff Scherzer and Jeff Koski are pretty pretty similar because they're early on in their marathoning careers and they were complete studs in the in the half marathon, so. I just think you like Jip Koskai. She's run three marathons, a second and two firsts, run two fast courses, one tactical course, ridiculously fast in the half. I'd actually, if I was betting, not if I was ranking, but if I was betting on the next marathon, I would pick those two ahead of Koskai, I think. Hmm. Yeah, and that's that's fair. It would be, I mean, it would be really, really close, and I couldn't be surprised if Koskai ended up winning, though. I mean, two fourteen is such a is so out there, and I mean, make it for whatever. It's a long you time want, ago now, it's, though. It, it, it's yeah, but it's just like it's it's one of those where you just go, man. Does anyone else have that upside? Um, well, no, maybe no, <laughs> I mean, not in the I women's think, field. You know, I wouldn't think so. But <laughs> there's some um, some men that could have the upside two fourteen, but there's no. I and and here again, we're gonna like see the the limits uh, in terms of times. And maybe we see some more two sixteens, but I just in the same way I don't think we should get used to two oh ones on the men's side, we shouldn't get used to two fourteen for the women. No, no, no. Definitely. So um calm down but people. <laughs> but two seventeen is becoming a bit of a standard. Two fifteen is becoming a in what way? No, two seventeen oh. is becoming a bit of a standard. Oh, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Which is which is crazy. I mean, because it wasn't that long ago that was not really on the table. Right. It was this one big outlier performance at 215, and then, you know, someone around 218, it was, my God, that was it. But yeah. It, you know, anything under 220. Now it's like you go under 220, and you're still three minutes back of the winners in a lot of these races. So let's see. What else did I write down here? Uh, Kip Choke. Okay, no, we did that. <laughs> oh, uh, Shalane Flanagan. She ran. Yeah. She's trying to run all the marathons, plus – 
since Tokyo got canceled, she's going to run one virtually in Oregon. So she ran, she's got two down, four to go. She did 235 in London a week after running 238 in Berlin. So this weekend's going to be the real hard one because she's going to do Chicago and Boston back to back. And the goal is sub three in all these? Yeah, she's way ahead on time. I don't know if she's going to bank. Yeah, she's time. she's really not, uh, le- you know, uh, leaving some energy for the next ones. Uh, I mean, it's just I'm still sure for her right now. High two thirties still feels like a real walk, easy walk easy run. Point. Obviously, the back to back is going to be tough. But yeah, I think she's she's I think she's going to go sub three in all these. I was that. more hesitant. I think last I don't even remember exactly what I said before, but I feel like I was more hesitant, and now I'm just like, yeah, I think she'll. If she if she cools it off a little bit, she'll be able to run two fifties back to back. Good shape. She appears to be in in good shape. Just cruising through these marathons. This one she was on at two thirty one pace, and then like really had a bad patch at the end. I think. So, let me. The fact that she was at two. Easy. I mean, two thirty one. Two thirty one is especially if you're not if you, well, you're a week after doing another marathon. You'd think. Unless you're Yuki, that slows you down at least a little bit, and then you're into the two twenties. Right. Like, wait a minute, are we, is that, we're gonna we're gonna slide into this comeback? Yeah, I, I she's it makes it look so easy, and I know that yeah, the difference between you know two thirties and you know fifteen minutes faster than that or whatever is is it is a big difference, but still, like she's just it's like she's having a hard time slowing down. Right, and maybe she calculates, hey, I just should just get across the finish line. <laughs> if I run 259, right. I'm just going to be just as tired. So. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Is like I said, I'm sure 235 you know, is fine, <laughs> but that just seems crazy. All right, so let's, let's talk about the two marathons coming up this weekend. Yeah. First up, Chicago. Women's field is heavily dominated by Americans. Yes. Men's field, we have the aforementioned Ruben Kipiego. Uh, Rupp is running it. He's seated uh, based on time, I don't know, eighth or ninth or something like that. There's a lot of 204, 205 guys. There's only one 203 guy, and it's Kipiego. Women's side, Chip Nagic, favorite, 217. She won the world championships. She dropped out of the Olympic marathon, so she's fresher than if she ran the olympic marathon but not much fresher i don't know what's right. the freshness scale? it's always hard to know that yeah i need a best buy date or something on that so no yeah. how fresh did you is. did you drop out because you want to do another marathon or did you drop out because you really actually hurt but anyway sarah hall's number two seed then they added a couple folks late so vivian kiplagat is in there with a 221 and then balete is in there with a 224 because before that jace it was chip Negic and a whole lot of americans and it was just the greatest possibility for an American win you could ever uh, dream of. Which which field are you more interested in, men or women? Um, probably a little biased here, man. I think the men's field is is clearly deeper, and like it's going to be a more interesting. Like, there's a lot, um, lot more people who can win the race. Yeah, presumably, um, and I, I I am interested to see kind of what Rupp does, and like I said, you have a bunch of two hundred four, two hundred five guys in here, so I think that's that's interesting. But yeah, the the, the American side for the women, um, like I said, Chip Negich, 
you know, 217 is is pretty out there. But Sarah Hall, kind of what she does. I know D'Amato's is kind of like coming back a little bit. Yeah. Um, but seeing what the yeah, seeing what the American women do is is really intriguing. Like like I said, I think the men's race as a whole can be more interesting. I don't know what it'll tell us mm-hmm. necessarily, but it's uh, we I, I, that wouldn't be surprised. You know, if we had three, four, five men with five miles to go. And, and we see something, you know, pretty cool. Whereas the women's race, probably a little bit slower, um, but we obviously could see a couple Americans in the top five, presumably. I mean, yeah, it's not that many. Well, it's not that many other. Uh, no, there's no options. Other entries, no options. You got Chip Nagic, who is good, but she's liable to have a bad day, like anybody else is. And then you have the two other women that they added, Kiplagat and Belete, are fine, but they're not world beaters. Yeah, two twenty one and two twenty four. Like that's not scaring anybody. So, I mean, Sarah Hall and Demato are <laughs> the closest they're going to be to a major win here. Just yeah, Demato. I you know just I, I think if she was coming in a hundred percent, I would be feeling really good about it. But um, but yeah, Hall. I mean, if if she's on her A game, she she will absolutely be be right there. Yeah, and if something happens to Chipnagic, it's possible. You don't. She wouldn't even need to be on her A game. She just would need to run. She ran. Yeah. She could run slow. If everybody else ran at their PR, she could. She'd be fine. But she was talking about American record possibility for for Dina Castor. I don't know if that's going to be uh, attainable. Like we'll see. I would guess she would also want to sort of see what Chevnegich is doing because if she runs two nineteen pace, I'm assuming Chevnegich is going all faster than that, and then. 219 is probably, you know, it's too fast for this other group, probably. So she'd be running a lot by herself, I would guess. Yeah. Which maybe she's comfortable with that. I remember London last year with all the loops. She just had that awesome second half where she was catching everybody. But I, I think she believes she can win, and why not? Why not? When Only one thing has to go – well, two things have to go right. You have to have a good race, and then – the person who's run 217 has to have a bad race. That You have pretty good odds of winning if only two things right. need to have to happen for you to win. A, for, a, for a marathon, usually it's seven yeah, things. Yeah, for a major need. especially, that's, yeah, you're not going to get many better chances. Yeah. I mean, when Meb when Meb won Boston that year, remember, there was just – there was some scratches. There was some people falling off early in the pace. There was the move that they, you know, they let him get out early. But it also just came down to the fact is he was just good that day. It was really good that day, and the people who had the ability to to run that quick, those two or four guys, just didn't bring it for whatever reason. So the people who were chasing him were fast, but it did, you know they weren't they weren't the guy they didn't have the tools to catch him. So that needed a lot more things to go right. Yeah. Than this, this is a pretty straightforward proposition when you just look at the start uh, the the seat times. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, like I said, it's. I mean, it's it really doesn't go more than five, six deep. You know, like of like people who can at least he, I think even be really in it late. Um, and that's probably on the high end. It's it's much more likely to be much much smaller than that. Like you said, if it wouldn't surprise me at all if Chip Negich Hall, you know, Kipla got two of the three of them are there. Yeah. Um, kind of late, and then yeah, who knows? So. That'll be that'll be interesting. The men's said is much deeper um, and much yeah. more. I have no idea who's going to win this race. Well, this is a this will be a dogfight for Rupp. Just looking at the seat times, but also looking at 
just his recent performances. And you got to fear someone like Kipiego. Not fear. I fear no man, Jason. But he ran it that in May, and it's now yeah. October. Kind of perfect. Yeah, exactly. Now, it didn't work out for Akiru because he dropped out in London. But uh, the number two seed in here, Seifu Tura, ran 204.29 in Milan. So two guys who ran really well in Milan. Suzuki ran sub 205 in Otsu this year. A lot of people have done stuff recently. Kept That's the, yeah, like these aren't random 204s from five years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, there is one in there, but. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's always one or two of those. But um, up, Boston has a lot of that happening. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's really like, I was going through, I was like, oh, these seed times are pretty good. Oh, my God. Yeah. These are not relevant. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so the, the men's race, like I said, it's it's wide open, um, which I'm, yeah, I'm really intrigued by. Um, yeah, Suzuki, you know, going sub 205 uh, early this yeah. year. That's, Maybe uh, he gets that's, that's pretty cool, too. So seeing, um, you know, another chance at, a uh, you know, Japan-born man to win a major outside of Yuki. So that'll be fun. Do you think Rupp has a chance? Yeah, I think he has a chance for sure. Um, you know, he's definitely not the favorite. Um, I would say he's got, you know, I mean, he, he's, he's right in here with all these other guys. I, I, I wouldn't put him ahead of most of these guys just yeah, I mean, based it, on kind of what we've seen. Like, I think he's, you know, he'll, 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 his odds of finishing top five are pretty good. And but a whole lot of things he has to run really really well to win this race because somebody's going to run well out of all of these fast guys. If okay, so here's the thing: we just got done talking about how there, we don't know who the second best guy is. So if we mm-hmm. if we did rank these folks, and Kipchoge is in Group One by himself, and then Group Two is vacant. Right. Okay. So Group Two is vacant. Group Three. I think there's a Group Three there that includes people like. Chirono, people like Lemma. Yeah. Probably people like, even though he was hurt and didn't run well, sure, Katata, because he won in London. Maybe people like, I don't know, Nagi and Habdi would get in there because of how they did in the Olympics. But would, or Kip, Kip Chumba, who's finished second now, two years in a row in London. Are any of those guys in this race, or would you? Would someone like Kip Yego and Tura, would they still be too? Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're there yet. Okay, so this um, is tier four. Are we in tier four now? Basically? I think we're in tier four, but I think tier four is super deep, and maybe, hey, winning this race just does enough for you to jump up to 203 or to, to jump up to tier three. Yeah. Because, like, you need, you need to win some big races. Mm-hmm. And. Obviously, that you know, this is a pretty deep field filled with a bunch of guys in that thing. I, I just I don't know how you differentiate really any of these guys. Um, sure. And hey, two hundred four is great, um, but you know, you're also looking at the seed times: Milan, Milan, Otsu, Dubai, Siena, Valencia, Prague. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. But th- you know, those winning at any of those or running two hundred five at any of those is great and that's that's good but that, that's not enough to put you like as a big thing on the on the world scene because we know there's you know 50 guys who could run 205 at yeah. any given race yeah so one of these guys wins this absolutely then you know we'll go oh okay kipiego man he he won he won chicago last year he did this like then he'll be kind of um you know entered into that group yeah. but for now I mean, you're, you're kind of drawing names out of the hat a little bit. Yeah, and I just wonder how Rupp sees this. Does he? 
And I'd say Rupp's in the same probably group as most of these guys. He's a group four guy? I think so. I think based on accomplishments, obviously his seed time's lower. Yeah. Um, so if you, if you want to say, major. hey, he's, he's won a yeah, major. he's won a major, which, you know, that, those, that matters, obviously. Um, so yeah, I think when in Chicago, you know, but then, and then that was a few years ago too. So it's like, does Rupp have some stuff to prove here? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. He's, I mean, he's, he's also getting up there. He's thir- 35 now. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's not old necessarily by marathon standards. Um, I'm only but, two years older than Rupp. I feel like I used to be older than Rupp and he's <laughs> catching up. Right. Like in a race, he's, he is catching he up. Um, did do but that. he's also been around for a really long time. Um, you know, he made, he made worlds back in 07. So you know, he made the Olympics in 08. So like like this is this is year 15 <laughs> of his pro career. Like that's yeah. that yeah. doesn't happen with a ton of guys. And yeah, I mean you get the you know don't compare it to Kipchoge because again because he's not human. But like even people who make the late career switch to marathon, mm-hmm. like 15 is is a lot. So if you tell me you know if we start seeing decline, if you know that that wouldn't be crazy. But like I said, I still think he's a you know, he's got a puncher's chance in this. When he won, he it was two oh nine twenty race in twenty seventeen. Jesus. Uh guess who got fourth in that race? Oh, I have no idea. No guess. I really need no. Uh Sese Lemma. Oh wow. Transitive property London Marathon win for Galen Rupp. <laughs> it's pretty big. Yeah. He won by twenty eight seconds. Abel Curry was second in that race. But you look at Rubs. You look at Rubs marathons. It's interesting. So he goes. Let's see. Let's go back to him. Sixteen when he debuted. When I said there was no way he'd ever run a marathon, nailed yep. that one. I was with you on that. Debuted at the trials, then got third at the Olympics. Third at the Olympics was really good in your second marathon. Yeah. Twenty seventeen win Chicago. Get second in, or just get second in Boston, then win Chicago. Okay. Pretty good. Things are going great. Twenty eighteen. DNFs in Boston, wins in... That was the crazy weather, right? Yep, yep. Wins in Prague, but runs 206.07, and then gets fifth in Chicago in 206.51. 2019 doesn't race because he had the surgery. 2020 wins in Atlanta, Olympic trials, and then 2021, eighth at the Olympics. It's kind of been a while. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I I beat up uh, Bekele for a similar recent track record. So yeah, I don't know if, I mean, the, the Prague race was fine. It was great, but two Oh six, I think we all thought he was capable. And that was three years ago. I yeah. think we all thought he was capable of to wait. Whoa. You know who he beat in that race? Guess who got second in that race? Lemma. Yeah. He's just like the lemma beater. This is incredible. <laughs> Hold on. I'm looking at their head to heads here. I need, I need to see, I need to do a deep, is there, have they, has, did Lemma sneak into he's the 16 Olympic? 16 and 0? This is crazy. <laughs> well, he snuck into the U.S. Olympic trials and raised Sissé Lemma. That's crazy. But, okay, so that was a, so he beat a guy who turned into a guy a couple times. But you'd have to go back, like, we, I think we forgot how good he was at the beginning. Those first three marathons in 16 and 17 were great. The first four marathons were great. Yeah, and then you compare those to the next four. Other than Prague, it's like, well, fifth in Chicago is not going to get him too excited about DNF in in Boston. All right, you choke it up to the weather. Then you go twenty twenty, winning Olympic trials. I don't think 
is in his top 500 races of all time probably <laughs> yeah i mean it was not it's the weakness the the le- lack of depth on the men's side yeah okay i'm trying to look up here uh lemma versus rup let's see and he get. yeah i mean it, it, i think it's like fair it's like if rup if rup finishes seventh or you know in the back end of the top 10 and doesn't break 210 like if you want to say hey it's it's kind of done then yeah Curtains. There's really not a lot of argument on the other side. You're calling curtains. All right, hold on. I got to get this lemma rup battle here. Tila, come on, help me out here. Okay, here we go. All time. I bet it's just going to be 2-0. Oh. Whoa, 4-0. Oh. They've raced four oh, times. Oh, man. Okay, but two of them were DNFs. So lemma mm-hmm. DNF'd in 2017 when Rupp got second. They went 1-4 in Chicago in 17. 1-2 in Prague in 18. And then they're counting the Olympics when lemma DNF'd. So Rupp's mm. got the, the now – Current London Marathon champs number. Love the transitive property. Didn't didn't see that one coming. Boston. Let's go to Boston. Yes. It's on Monday. Boston Marathon's back. Jason. It's not gonna be in the spring. That's okay though. It's happening. I'm excited about it. Um women's field. Let's talk about the women's and field. There's still a there's still a Red Sox game that day, which is, you know, I'm not a Red Sox fan, but that's fun that they still that still yeah. worked out. Yeah, they scheduled one then. That was that did work out pretty pretty well. The Red Sox winning, by the way, or is that game on right now? Um, they were losing last I checked. Go Tampa. Tough. Ooh, big Tampa fan. You and Mike Z. The Boston's won enough. Sorry, okay. guys. Well, Five nothing f- Tampa. There you go. There you go. All right. So these fields are weird because there's just a lot of people. The list is long, but then you got to kind of but comb through them. <laughs> Yeah, like comb through here. Uh, are there diamonds in the rough here, or are they just rough diamonds? Oh, yeah, there's some rough diamonds. Okay, um, is that a thing? The I four know C's of diamonds. Is it four C's, five C's? I forgot. It's been a long time since I shot for that engagement ring. Wait, what? Um, four C's of diamond? What is that? Yeah, there's oh. like the it's like color, clarity, cut, and something. Carrot. Oh, wow. I just Google. There that. you go. Yeah. Okay. Boom. That's a thing. I remember just, you know. Shopping oh, for an engagement ring uh, six years ago or whatever it was. Do you know and how that, I got uh, the engagement ring? I got a link. <laughs> and I clicked on it. All I had to do was get the size right, and I blew it. Got the wrong size. Yeah, you know. People's hands are different sizes. Your right hand, if you're right. No, it's true. I learned that from this exercise. If you're right-handed, your fingers are a little bigger on your right hand than your left. I guess that makes sense. I yeah. thought you meant just in general. Yes, people's hands are different sizes, Kevin. No, I meant, I meant from one to the other. Like, I put it to my size. For some reason, it didn't fit her. I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy. If we're going to be married, we have to be exactly in sync here. All right, color, clarity, cut, and carrot. Uh, I don't know. Like, Yeah, it's weird. So who's like actually a contender on the women's side? So we you got you the three American women, the three big American women that will say Huddle, Linden, and Hase. Hase's obviously had a lot of trouble recently. Last year, struggled with the Olympic trials, coming back from the injury. Then she ran 237 in Valencia. She had some rough road races. She's training with Pete Julian now. So I have no idea what to expect. Nobody has any idea what to expect. If someone tells you they know what's going to happen with Jordan Hase, they're lying. They don't know. Lyndon, solid last marathon in the beginning yeah. of 2020. Got, just missed the Olympic team. Then ran a 50K. She seems like super, even more relaxed and confident than she was, like in the in the middle of her career. Now that we're at the end of her career, it's, I don't know. She's scared of me. She's scared of me. I think she. Could, she's just got house money. She's she's like living the life. Yeah, 
Exactly. I feel like she's sleeping like a rock like the night before the race. She has no worries in her head at all. Yeah, the only thing I worry about is she's like too calm. Uh, Huddle, we still feel like everybody's waiting on the big Molly Huddle marathon. I don't like, know. Just a little tiny, tiniest bit left for, for me. This could kill it. This could kill the last spark of hope I have there. Right. And she did after trials. She uh, scratched scratched out of – yeah, she scratched out of track trials too, right? Yeah. I don't yeah, it was, it was a mess. It's been it's been injuries, a rough injuries. transition where we I think we were all pretty high on the on the huddle shuttle mm-hmm. for marathons, but yeah. but then you look yeah. at Jace, but then you look at the the field and you got people whose PRs are older than I was gonna say older than God is that a spray phrase I don't know they really <laughs> yeah I think so okay they're old they're old I mean obviously Edna Kippa got been around for a while. Uh, yeah, it's it. I mean, Kipla got had an, a phenomenal career, but it's it's been. We were talking about her in the beginning of the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's second in twenty nineteen, so she's still good. But a lot of like former London champs are in this field. Mari Baba, her PB is from twenty twelve, and then you got a lot of two twenty people who are are beatable at this point. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. What are your thoughts of the women's field? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I think. There's obviously a lot of accomplishments in here, but I think uh, most are not going to be super relevant going forward. But I think a couple, like Dababa, you know, she finished second in Berlin in 2019, and 2019 is two years ago. But it's like it's hard. Not a ton of people ran last year, so it's like two years isn't the same as normal two years. But it's a little weird. Tanui's won twice this year. Mm. Um, That's Angela Tanui for those of you following. Yeah, yeah. she won Tuscany under the Tuscan sun. I, I mean, I bet it was the most beautiful marathon probably in the world. Um, Clint Eastwood was there. Is that was he in that movie? I don't know. Man, it's I. It's one of those movies I've always like. It's in the ether, but I don't think I've ever actually seen it. Under the t- uh, no, he was. Not. Well, wait, did he make the movie? Diane Lane. Hmm, that makes sense. Seems like a Diane Lane movie. <laughs> is, that, is that something I should know? No, it just seemed like it honestly seems like it. it's like one of those movies where I'm like, oh yeah, that came out what in the early nineties, two thousand three, close. Clint Eastwood oh has nothing. Close. I don't think Clint Eastwood had anything to do with this movie. I don't know why I said Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Doesn't make any. Well, sense. I was like ten years off on the date of it too. Okay. So anyway, either way, moving on. The, but so like, I don't know. Tanui's interesting. Two twenty. It's won twice this year. Like, it's, if you're just going by, like, so, sh- what have you done for me lately? I think she's uh, she kind of sticks out. Uh, Dababa's been good before, but, you know, it's just hard to know. Like, yeah. some marathon careers just don't kind of span that long. Like you said, Jose is a total wild card. I mean, she's run 230-plus lately. Yeah. So I, I don't think you can actually expect anything from her. Like, if we had a few years ago Jordan Jose in this race – yeah, like, she, go for she the could have been the favorite. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, but it's but granted, a few years ago, her in this race is also a few years ago. All of these women who <laughs> run really well yeah. in the past. So yeah, this is a total just. It's it's even you know it's like how we said the men's in Chicago was kind of a toss up. This is that, but even more crazy because it's like, hey, who of these has something left? Is someone gonna you know kind of pop? Yeah. in this. Um, a little bit of a senior tour vibe. Hey, like, hey, let's get Edna Kipagot winning this again. Yeah. Why not? Well, I think, I think an American 
could win it. I think American could definitely be in the top three. I look at someone, I don't know, Satume Kabete, just because 220-30, Tokyo, yeah. 2020, just some of these recent performances. There's a lot of people in when I research hasn't run since 19. Yeah, I, when you haven't run in two years, it's really hard to be super confident in anybody. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I don't know. So it's, it's a weird field. It's a really weird field. And I think the opportunity is there for Americans. It's just a matter of if they can – because there's plenty of questions about them too. It's not as if they have a a lock on this thing. Uh, on the men's side, kind of similar. You have DeCisa in there who has the name. So I think I think DeCisa would be a group three guy. And a lot of other people in here are just are group four guys. But DeCisa, you look at him. He's been around forever. DN, but see, he's the one who just pops. He looks like he's kind of got some meb in him. You think it's over, and it's not. It's not. He keeps coming back. How is he thirty-one? Jesus. Okay, so I would have said he was thirty-nine. <laughs> so he DNFs the Olympics, and he's the Boston champ from thirteen and fifteen. But then he got second in twenty nineteen, last time they had it, and then was a twenty nineteen world champ. Like twenty nineteen was a great year for him. Yeah. And then you you throw away twenty twenty because why not? And then the spring of twenty twenty one. That's not that relevant because everything moved to the fall. All right. Well, then he's coming off a great year. <laughs> Because 2019 was last year in some ways. This is, yeah, this is not, I mean, just looking at, all he does is run Boston, New York, which. Yeah, good for him. That's Yeah, cool. I mean, I just, I would have guessed he would have thrown in some other stuff, but it's literally, he has finished on the podium in every year, 2013 to 2019. Every year? For, in, in a marathon. Okay. So either, so like Boston, he was first in 2013. 2014, he was second in New York. Yeah. 2015, he was first and third. 2016, he was second in Boston. Right. Uh, 2017, third. And then 2018, first. 2019, second. Like, so he's, you're right. Every year, he does something. So, like, it's, I'm just shocked he's 31. Like, it just seems like he has been around forever. And, say, since 2013 is forever. And in, in, that's basically when Kipchoge started the marathon. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, he hasn't been as successful, but he's won three majors. He's finished second three times. His shirt expanded on him during a marathon. Yeah, I mean it's, it, yeah. So you know, what? I mean that's that's a good point. It it I wasn't discounting in my head. I was like, oh yeah, he'll probably finish top five. But like maybe maybe he should be the favorite. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he should be. What other case are you going to make for anybody else in this field? A lot <sighs> that's of, the question. <laughs> a lot of old people. A lot of DNFs. A lot of some old PBs. Some somewhat new PD PBs, but nothing to. To write home about the Americans in the field, you got Fobble, Benny, Smith. Interesting de- debutants, and you know, and Obdi's in there as well too. I got to mention Obdi. Interesting debutants because, you, and I don't know why you'd want to debut in Boston. And I, I get it from an American perspective, but it just seems like a brutal course to tackle on your first one. But yeah, Ymir of Ethiopia has run fifty-eight thirty-three and a half. He's run sub sixty-six times. He didn't finish in Valencia, so this, I guess, is not his debut, but listed as his debut. And then Leonard Barsatone, who's making a debut from Kenya, 59.09 half. I, I think it's winnable for those types of guys. Depending oh, absolutely. On the, yeah, because if one of those are, you know, legit marathon guy. But they could. Like, I mean, I, I, I've, I've hitched my wagon to so many 58, 59 half marathoners over the years. Yeah. Um, it could be a Tedesse situation, though. So I, I hasten to hitch my you wagon. You just never know. Yeah, it's, it's, those guys are total wild cards, obviously, because we've never seen them literally finish a marathon before. <laughs> um, 
but you know you're not feeling great about necessarily anything really in this in this field so i mean what do you you know it, you have to pick someone yeah or somebody has to win more accurately i don't have to pick anybody that's but someone's tr- gonna win it that is true somebody does have well they could cancel it again which is that's a good point that's hoping quite that a bit. does not happen yeah. but... so actually you're wrong jason <laughs> please don't don't ruin this for all of us please please don't don't get this canceled jason <laughs> But the, uh, I will say the, you know, you mentioned the American men. I, you know, don't think they can win, but I do think it's an interesting, and obviously time, you know, in Boston, take that for what you will. But just kind of seeing, you know, there was some of those guys who run who ran 209 and still a ton of 210, 211 guys. Just kind of seeing how that all kind of shakes out um, is, is interesting. Just any more information we can get on, like, just the men's, us scene as a whole mm-hmm. because obviously we had like the marathon project thing and uh-huh. that was cool but it didn't tell us a ton as far as like what's going to happen in the real races mm-hmm. um but it just put some put some decent prs out there so now i'm yeah kind of intrigued to kind of if somebody pops from that group if decisa wins is he the second best marathoner in the world <sighs> man he'll sef- he definitely has the second best resume of anybody for sure Yeah, I mean, I, just that was a good stat. That that level of consistency, like, is pretty impressive. What's it? You say going back to twenty fourteen, he's been on the podium every. He's been 13. top. Going back to thirteen, he's been top three in a major every single year. Yeah, except for twenty twenty, which you know. Okay, we don't count that. Half counts as a real year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there was only one major, correct? One real major, London. Yeah. Okay. I like – I mean, I would pick Cisa. <laughs> yeah. At I mean, least you know, what, you know what you're getting. You could get a DNF, but you also could get – Yeah, he's got four DNFs and eight podium finishes. Jeez. So it's pretty good. And, he, and he's coming off a DNF of the Olympics. What, how, how, what's his uh, DNF return rate or DNF art? Uh, <laughs> after DNFs, how does he do? Do we have that advanced Oh, that's it. Okay, that? so – he DNF'd 2014 Boston and then finished mm-hmm. second in New York that year. Yeah, it's good. So we'll say that's a win. He DNF'd 2016 in New York and then – well, he didn't run 2017 Boston. Did he run anything in the spring? But he, he No, he just run – he ran New York City. Okay, so uh, we'll say that's a loss. So he's at, he's at wait, 500. No, oh, no, because 2017 he – Oh, he went in the sub the sub two race. Okay, that's a loss, hundred percent yeah. loss. Okay, so he's at five hundred. <laughs> he DNF'd at Boston twenty eighteen, and that was terrible weather, right? Yeah, yeah. But then finished first in New York that year. Okay, so now we're at two two to three. So he's he's got sixty six. He's at six six sixty six percent. And then he um, DNF'd twenty nineteen in New York. Um, twenty twenty he ran Valencia. He finished thirty fifth. But that Valencia was December, right? Yes. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not counting. That one doesn't count. It's like a walk in baseball. Yeah. So he's a 66%. And then in 2021, oh. he finished second at the trials. 2021. Second at the Ethiopian trials? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, that's too long. So I, I'm recent DNFs, one season away. I'd say two out of, two out of the three are relevant two there. Three. Yeah. Okay. Well. Interesting. 
Just this I don't know if stats. I learned anything from that, but it's interesting. What you learned is sometimes he does really good after DNF, and sometimes <laughs> he doesn't, and sometimes it's unclear. It was the friends we made along the way. Exactly. It was the DNFs we met along the way. Anything else? Boston. It's happening. Back-to-back, Chicago-Boston. People are going to run yeah, both. I mean, that's... Not just Shalane Flanagan. Some other people are going to run both. If you're listening right now and you're planning on running both, send us an email. Yes. I wouldn't want this to be every year, but it's kind of fun that it's all happening in a just crazy shotgun approach to every marathon happening at once. What if they all happen at the same time? Sign me up. <laughs> Sync them up so they're like middle of the night in some places, days yeah. in others. And, yeah, yeah, all the marathons are over. There's no other marathons. <laughs> that would be... If that worst. ever happens, we, we're going to do a live pod. I'm just I'm calling it before Flowtrack gets it. That would be the equivalent of making the 800 for the women and the 400 back-to-back races at the Olympic <laughs> trials or U.S. championships, which I don't think they'd ever do. They will not do that. Okay, we got a couple emails here. Yeah. I'll read the first one. It's uh, from oh, – this is a good one. Chris, formerly from the Isle of Man for yeah. a long time in London, briefly in Sao Paulo, and now in Toronto. Man, a lot of We had a lot of people who were just worldwide. It's incredible. Man, he was, he's been all over the place. Yeah. Uh, subject line, Cheesecake Factory. Yes. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, long time since I emailed, and I think I've been behind on pods, but I've now caught up with the Cheesecake Factory review from a few weeks ago. I can't believe Kevin didn't sample the delights of Cheesecake Factory in Doha. It's in the mall literally by the stadium, the same mall where there's a canal, in quotes, and fake gondolas where people are employed to propel them, but they're actually on conveyor belt systems. Basically, they're the most authentic thing since the food truck that Shelby went to. Wow. Ouch. Uh, Having never been to a Cheesecake Factory before, I can confirm that Doha's Cheesecake Factory kept up the tradition of obscene portions. First visit, I ordered a salad and a side of fries, assuming a salad would be insignificant for an involuntary growing man, male, looking to spend six hours shivering in an air-conditioned stadium. Both were sufficient to keep a family of four in food for a week. Admittedly, <laughs> this was fortunate as the chicken wrap, in quotes, in the stadium in Doha still produces involuntary retching whenever I think about it. Um, okay, well, let's pause there so we can talk about the – because yeah, the second part of his email is not about Cheesecake Factory – I went to that mall when I was in Doha. I went to the Shake Shack there. I didn't even know there was a Cheesecake Factory. I 100% would have considered it. I don't know if I would have gone because I don't know if I would have wanted to do like a sit like a long sit-down type of meal unless mm. it was for something a little yummier. But I think – so when I saw that mall, I thought of the forum shops. That's what it looked like with the fake sky. And – I like how they – I did see the gondolas there, which was a mashup. They do that the Venetian. Am I correct on that? Correct, yeah. Okay, so they had a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It was it was Vegas all over again. I love me. it. But in the Venetian, are they on conveyor belts? No, they actually they, – they are actually moving them because um, there's really no method to like the way they're moving around and the water's clear enough where you, I think you'd be able to see if they were on a track. Do you, have you ever known anybody who's worked as a gondola operator at the Venetian? I have not. No, I mean I've seen them and they sing, um, and they you know push you around. Uh, I I was they gonna don't... say that I did it once for like a prom or something, but now I'm thinking that we were going to and we decided not to last minute. 
For some reason, I think you did do it, but I don't know. It wasn't with me, but for some reason, I thought <laughs> I, you told me about doing it. But I it's can't totally make... possible. Like I'm literally completely blanking. Um, I could. I just have to text my ex high school girlfriend and see if, <laughs> if we do that or not. Okay, do that right now and let me know what she yep, says. Yep, I'm gonna text Ashley. Tell her I said hi. Wait, are you actually gonna text her? Uh, maybe no, I'll. You, I'll you probably shouldn't. Wait, are you on a texting sort of? Uh, we guys... usually text each other happy birthday. That's about it. Okay, I, yeah. I I I thought it was a joke. I didn't think you were actually considering this. Okay, hey, why not? Now I'm getting weird. Okay, but here's my question: Like, do those people like who have that job? Is that like a tough? That must be weird, right? There's a lot of jobs in Las Vegas where you just put on this costume and act like you're from a different country, and you have to entertain people who want to be sung to on a fake gondola ride like you get to you're working in the entertainment industry right but you put on normal clothes and you're dealing with like somewhat in a, it's weird because it's a sports book i get it but it's, it's in, in a strange way it's somewhat more reality based versus yeah, this yeah i mean i can understand I, at the same time i guess hey if you if you enjoy singing um and performing maybe that's a, a little taste of that for you and okay. uh I mean, I can't imagine you're working an eight-hour shift doing that because I, I mean, I don't think a voice could could handle that. So if you're, you know, say you're working a couple hours a day or something, and you're making making a little bit of money, it's not a bad deal. Yeah, but you put on the. I mean, I can't and sing stuff. and I can't steer a boat. I don't think <laughs> so. At least not with a stick. Just interesting. Vegas attracts people with very interesting skill sets. Anyway, he says he moved out of the UK, so you might need another UK athletics reality TV crossover. But happy to report the Paralympic Paralympian javelin thrower Holly Arnold, uh, who spent time with Mo in the Welsh countryside, made it onto Catchphrase, a very budget quiz show. The coming few weeks are likely to lead to an avalanche of post-Olympic athlete crossover opportunities. He says on the tiers. So he's talking about the event tiers. I think you're too high on the women's four meter hurdles. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Take here. Don't you recall that Sydney ran three or really two meets this year? Yes, the Tokyo final was great, but the rest of the season was decidedly lackluster. Even USA's failed to live up to its normal billing as the top two were clear. It's actually the equivalent of the women's ten thousand, two world records, and not much else. Okay, hold on. The women's four minute hurdles, the trials were still great though, because it wasn't about the competition for the top three for me. It was about the world record going down, and it went down. Yeah, right? I mean, I Am see I his point as like, you know, was it consistently fun? Like, because well, no, you, there weren't that many races that yeah. mattered. You had Femke Bowl um, out there dominating every race that Sydney wasn't in, and Delilah wasn't in, save for one. Basically. Yeah, so I mean, but you know, you have those two squaring off, and with the history already coming into that, and and how good the Olympic final was, I think that alone. I mean, if you know, if you wanted to say, "Hey, it's not quite women's hundred, men's four hundred meter hurdles level," I I could hear that argument, but I just don't think it could be much lower than that. Yeah, I don't think it's if, if you literally have the greatest race in the history of your race, it's pretty good, and that doesn't just mean a world record. That means like how close and good that was too. Yeah, the ten k comparison I don't think holds up because they weren't in the same race when they were running those times. It was two separate, two separate entities there. Yeah, and I, I already think I bumped up the 10K a little bit, but I still think the, the women's 400. I'm not going to allow people to act like the women's 10K was just a jaw-dropping experience. <laughs> when no one was talking about it, I was alive during the season. How many emails did we get from people about, oh, man, the women's 10K is on fire this year? Didn't re- Yeah, they ran two fast times, 
and and the Olympics was great because Hassan was doing her thing. But people were not going gaga over the women's 10K this year. Let's all calm down about that. Women's four-meter hurdles, I, I, you're right. I don't. Yes, it's about just this event but or just this year. But I think you can bring in all the expectations and stakes that came with it from prior years. And that's what made it so good. It's kind of impossible to ignore those things. Right. I think, like, and I think you could say, hey, it's got to be separate. But it's like, no, I, I Carson Warholm still his his 2020 matters because I watched it all. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so that made 2021 that much better. Yeah. And with McLaughlin and Muhammad, it was the next chapter. And when they met in 19, it was world record, world record. And it was it was sensational. I I I mean I take his point. She didn't run that much and you go back and you look, she ran more high hurdles this this past year than she ran low hurdles. Yeah, and that but was But I think that And was, I voiced my Anger at that multiple times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he says, as a new Toronto resident, this weekend I'm not looking forward to the 4 a.m. start for the London Marathon and not being able to view the majestic Cuddy Sark in person. This might be mm. the first time I've been homesick, although my time in Canada is validated by the local coverage of the Women's 100 at Pre. They put up the big names and their accomplishments. Then they describe Shikari as the, quote, second in the Gateshead 100 at 11.44. Screenshot attached. Having been to that meeting, Gates said, I respect anyone who competed through the monsoon, but this does feel like the ultimate shade. Cheers, guys. That is Chris, formerly from the Isle of Man, for a long time in London, briefly in Sao Paulo, and now in Toronto, home of the Blue Jays, who should have made the playoffs, but just missed. Would have been way more fun. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Sorry, unless you're literally from Boston or New York. No, no one was happy with nope. those two coming out of it, right? Nope, 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 nope. I wanted the nine-team tie playoff scenario thing where they had to do like seven wild cards to eliminate people. That would have been cool. Every one of the Mariners and the and the, the, the Blue Jays, those are cool franchises. Um, Yeah, so the Cuddy Talk was majestic. Uh, people on the live chat, I shout out to you guys. Uh, on YouTube, who watched, who pointed out the Cuddy Sark when they saw it. So we had a few people, which was awesome. So they did, they did a good job for you, Jace. I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I look forward to, you know, I mean, I, I went to London once and I know we would had to go past the Cuddy Sark, but I didn't really get to appreciate it to the fullest extent. So I look forward to whenever I get to make it out there and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to buy every, all the Cuddy Sark swag I can find, I'm going to get. <laughs> shirts hats whatever it is miniature cody sarks <laughs> uh, we got one here from uh marshall and then we'll we have another one from marshall that we'll save for next week and, but then we have a voicemail from chief that i want to do this week so he, he wrote in this is uh marshall of course from st louis formerly of iowa he says uh road race participation numbers are down about 60 percent pre-covid levels and more importantly volunteers are down substantially uh now prize money is also down he said the quad city marathon this past weekend where you start in illinois then cross over to iowa for the first half then spend the second half back on illinois on the illinois side there was an expensive mistake by made by the lead biker apparently around mile 14 the lead biker who's leading two kenyans went straight instead of turning and ended up cutting almost four miles off the course good deal if you can get it both athletes were dq at the finish the race director said that even though the biker went straight the course was clearly marked and the athlete should have known not to follow tyler pence the ultimate winner of the race was about 20 seconds back and said, quote, it was pretty obvious where to go out there. So I don't know what went on. He said, I was about 20 seconds back. So I kind of saw it happening, but I'm not going to shout. It's not my job. End quote. The prize purse was 3000 for first place. Ultimately the race gave both Kenyans 2000, which I doubt they had much cash to spare. 
couple thoughts huh. here. One, I've run in this race, and every freaking mile is marked. One would think that if you go from 14 to 18 or 15 to 19, something is off. Two, the Kenyans had to have had to have known they they cut the course, take four miles off at 2:15, which was Pence's finish time. We're talking about a 2:03-ish marathon. Three, Pence should have shouted, "That's Bush League." You see something like that happen, you need to call them back. Side note: Taggart Van Etten finished the race in 2:29:59 as a training run. At the conclusion of a 150-mile week, Taggart holds the record for fastest 100 miles on the treadmill. He's apparently targeting a sub-five-hour for 50 miles upcoming this weekend, which was last weekend. Um, I did a little research. He's a full-time gym teacher who runs 150-200 mile weeks. Apparently, he peaked Jesus. at 258 one time. Crazy. All the best. That is Marshall. So, what do you? I have some thoughts on this, but what do you think? Yeah. Uh... I mean, first off, good on the race for paying both of them two thousand bucks. That's pretty cool. Um, I know it's not the same as as if they would have won, but I think that's a nice a nice gesture. Uh, I would have yelled. I get it's not his job. That's that's fair, but uh, he sounded he sounded very. Uh, he was probably a little defensive and probably a little upset. Maybe he thought he could have won it anyway, which I I could mm. understand. Um, yeah, it's tough because it's like, well, it's clearly marked, but there's literally a bike who's with the leaders leading you the wrong way. So I, I'm still placing yeah. the, the vast majority of this on the bike. The whole idea of uh, you should ignore the lead biker and know the is course crazy. anyway is insane, is yeah. absolutely insane that you would ever, that anybody in the position would start arguing mid-race with the biker. It's, unless you were so familiar with that course, which I'm assuming they weren't, you follow the lead biker. You know why? Because that name of the biker is lead. <laughs> that's that's what they're there for, and you assume that they are going to lead you in the correct direction. If I was confident about – and I was 20 seconds back. If I was confident about where to go, I would have yelled. I also could see a scenario where I wasn't too sure, and I'm like – Until it's like kind of too late, right? Well, and you start doubting yourself. I think everybody yeah. has had at least one race in their life where they've done that, either on a you know longer stuff like a marathon or maybe it's not a very well-marked course, which it sounds like this – was Mark, you just had the the lead biker make a mistake, or even out like on a cross country course or something, and, and you're not quite sure, and you see something happen, you're like I'm not, I, th- I think it's this way, but you're in the middle of a race, so you're not really uh, able to process that. But if I knew, as it sounds like the guy knew, you got you have to, I think you should yell. I think you should say something. You should acknowledge it. Um, hey, this way. It doesn't mean you need. I don't expect him to sprint up there. No. No, you, you you do your best. You just go, hey, hey, and if they don't hear you, yeah. your conscience is clear. I think. Yeah, you don't say ha ha, right? <laughs> and then he's I right. S- it's not his job, though. I'm not like mad at the guy, but I I think I would have. Uh, I definitely would have tried to say something. Yeah. Or if there's a you know station or someone you could tell. I don't know. I don't know how you do it, but just radios. Just if there's yeah. a way to to communicate with some sort of signal. Uh but like. I don't know. It was pretty obvious where to go out there. The quote. So I don't know what went on. I mean, th- that's a that's a comment to the the bike, though, not the people. Because the people are following the bike. Yeah, I would I still blame the, the. I said I blame the bike ninety over ninety percent. If sure. the bike was not going in that direction, you'd assume they would have followed the signs. And listen, it's like you're in a race to win. You're wrapped up in it. You're not necessarily. You put your trust in the lead bike. Yeah, and yeah. I'm sure. At some point, they had to realize it, 
But then what like, do you do? Did, they, yeah, it's too late at that point anyway, so there's nothing you can do. Like, if it's even if it's a half mile later, yeah, like you're 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 screwed. <laughs> you're you're done. Yeah. Um. So there's there's really no no win unless you realize it right in the moment. All right, let's close it out with a voicemail from Chief. We got another one from Marshall about the Mo Cowbell Marathon that we'll read next week. But yeah, let's go to let's go to Chief and close this thing out. All right. Who sent this? He texted me tonight. He said, "Have you recorded he, yet?" And he te- he texted me as well. And then he said, "Kevin's not answering me." And I said, "Okay, I got you." <laughs> well, I was in. The, I was doing the plumbing at that point, yes. and I just texted you. I said, "Hey, I need to delay it." And then I checked my phone when I was taking a break from hurting myself, and I saw a text from Chief. He said, hey, have you recorded yet? And I said, well, no, actually, we haven't. He said, all right, calling in. I said, maybe it was a good thing that I had to shut off my water and try to figure out how to put it back on and put the garbage disposal back on and just do all sorts of things that I'm not qualified to do. I think it was. Anyway, here's Chief. We're going to find out how good this is. What up, boys? Chief from Illinois, now in Indianapolis, drinking milk in Brayland. I am packing my bags for Chicago, boys. Going to go back, um, race the Chicago Marathon, I guess. So need some advice, Jason. Need some advice, Kevin. If I want to just go six flat pace the whole way, I, I noticed that a certain Shalane Flanagan has been doing that or damn near it. So do I just find Shalane? And just sit and kick on her. I need I need to need to know what you think of this plan of mine. So with that, peace, boys. Okay, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Go ahead. All right, so six minute mile pace to a marathon is fast within the context of a marathon, right? Two so, two thirty eight ish, something like that. Yeah. So number one. What do you want to get out of the race? If he wants to run 238 and there there might be a pace group set up, but the faster you get, the fewer pace group opportunities present themselves. I could see how it's very appealing that you have this one person because you follow professional running and you know that they're really fast and they're going to be able to hold even splits to try to latch on to, right? So that would be very appealing. However, you don't know what she's going to run. Right, because she's running Boston the next day. Yeah. So that complicates things. So you need to factor in, hey, is this going to be uh, – what what sort of effort is it is it going to be for her? The other point, now I think of when I raced with Meb, right, back in the San Diego half marathon in 2018 or something. Now, yes, totally different scenario though. Totally different scenario. Meb was running 90 minutes for a half. Remember yeah. that was where I – I wanted to get a PB, but then hamstring stuff, and and I couldn't actually run the last couple of weeks. But I had already signed up, and then I found out Meb was running ninety minutes. I said, this will be a good story, so I'll do it. Now, Meb running ninety minutes just for fun because he does it every year and a half is different than what she's trying to accomplish something, right? She's trying to achieve yes. something. It's gonna be this is gonna be difficult for her. So you don't want to you want to respect that effort. And you don't want to get in the way. I'm not saying you got in the way. And I wouldn't say I got in the way. Meb was chit-chatting and talking to a bunch of people. But that's just something you need to you need to take that into account, right? So if if you do decide to run with her, um, be, be cognizant of that. The other thing that I learned from Meb, it's hard to find people that you're looking for in a massive race. Yeah. Probably will. It might be easier 
because she's running faster and there's fewer people up there. I say at two thirties, there's a lot less people. Yeah. Than the, uh, you know, three plus range, but the race in general is going to be bigger. And it's one of those things where you can't spend a whole bunch of time looking around because you know, the difference between the two th- at, at three or four miles, the difference between the two thirty group and the you know, 250 group is not that much. So you, you look around for a second. Oh, did I miss some? Day? You could spend a lot of your race like I did looking for people, right? So also need to weigh that in there. So, but if, if you do find her and you are able to run with her, I don't think it's, if it's your actual pace, and I'm, I'm assuming other people would be running with her because it's just natural. You fit in with people who run your pace and, that should be a good thing, right? As long as you're running collaboratively and you're sharing yeah. the, and you're sharing the road, like there's nothing wrong with that. Don't outkick her though. Don't do that because it's marathon. So don't 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 do that. Now I don't know if they split. Start the start the move with like five k to go if you're going to do it. Yeah. Now see, did I do that? No, because in order to get in the photo, I got behind map, <laughs> and also I was hanging on for dear life those last couple miles told the story before, but he talked about holding hands as they crossed the finish line. I didn't get into position for that. I, but my whole game was, hey, I wanted to get in the photo, and I did. So, But again, that was a different scenario. That was a charity thing. Um, he was not going to the well at all. He probably had to run the next day. <laughs> this, is, this is different. This is different for, for her. Uh, and I, I, I wouldn't have, even if I could have outkicked him, I don't think I would have outkicked him because I just don't, you know, the JV kick has never been something that appealed to me. Probably because I never had a JV kick, so I never need to worry about it appealing to me. But I don't, I don't know if they split the men and women up at the finish for when they're still going that fast or not. Um, but no, yeah, don't, don't draw any, she's the show. If you get down to that last part and understand that she's the show. So get out of the way at that point. Fair. Yeah, no, I think that's a, I think that's a good point. Um, I think, yeah, if, if that's the pace you're planning on running, and you can find her easily enough, then absolutely, I would, I'd want to run with an Olympian and a, you know, major marathon champion, and think it would just be kind of cool. And then, hey, if you know who like said, you don't know exactly what she's going to do. Yeah, is she going to keep running this two thirty five kind of pace, or is she going to back off and run two fifty? Um, I don't know. Um, but yeah, if she, if she. I guess it depends on what you want out of the race as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but even as someone who had a, a tremendous JV kick, um, I wouldn't want to yeah, necessarily do. do that either. But yeah, if you want to, you know, if you just want to say, "Hey, I'm, I'm making the move," well, first you should run on her heels like Galen Rupp and wait for her to get annoyed with you, <laughs> and then that. challenge her directly. If you have a glove to throw down, ideally that would be. <laughs> and then be like Kipchoge, just turn to Rupp and say something and just take off. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think that's the only move. I listen. I don't. At the end of a marathon, I think the whole you you pour out whatever you can pour out. I'm not going to begrudge anybody for for doing that. But there's there's a difference between that and sitting on somebody the last couple miles and then unleashing a kick that indicates you could have gone faster sooner. But I'm not even talking about. I'm talking about the fact that she she is a legend, and I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying that should impact your race, but that just makes me believe even more. Put it out there. Don't like make a. Sh- this is for everybody. It's not just for cheap. But it's like don't don't make a show of you beating this person as if that <laughs> means that you are a better runner than them. Like I, I I think people look more ridiculous when they do it against people that are clearly better than they are, uh, who obviously are not running this in in the prime of their life. But 
Yeah, it would be fun. Like it was like running. There'll be some pictures if you're around her. You'll get in some pictures throughout the race. It was it was cool. Yeah, like when I did the thing with Meb again, way 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 lower stakes. I mean, literally holding hands with strangers across the finish line. So this is not something that Flanagan is going to do. Way 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 lower stakes. But it was it was cool. You picked up on the energy of of running with them, and I never had that opportunity before. I never will have that opportunity again. So for me, it was fun. It just randomly worked out. I picked up this injury made it so that way the faster pace wasn't really doable for me and he happened to go at a pace that I I was able to to squeak out. Did I get an opportunity to make that joke mid-race about not worry don't worry I'm not going to clip you like Rupp? Yeah. Did he understand it? No. Do I regret it? Kind of because it was awkward there for 5 or 10 seconds until we kept running. But you know, the, you take those chances when you're out there. Yeah. On on the roads. I would just say Long story short, if you're just saying, do you, do you sit on somebody and outkick them? I don't think you should have for really anybody in a marathon, right? This isn't a 1500. In a marathon, I know that you should let anybody, especially, I wouldn't do it to a legend. Unless that was their move, you know, and you can do it back. That wasn't like a Flanagan move. Yeah, that 100% was But if you could do it to Mo Farah, you know, kind of sit on his shoulder the entire time. Well, that's, just, that's a joke then, right? Open that's it up. A, yeah. That's a bit at that point. So that's, yeah, that's not be terrible. Fair. Uh, okay. Do we have anything else? No, I think that's it. All right. That was a good, that was good. a good question. I feel like we, we gave like out. It, yeah. Yeah. We, we, we really went into running etiquette here first with the folks going the wrong way in the marathon and then the old deal sit and kick question. So if people have more running etiquette questions, I'm happy to give my two cents and then people can tell me where I'm wrong. But I, I, I feel like those two, I'm the majority would be with us on those two. Yeah, I think it's the right call. And I think I, I hope you find her out there because that'd just be cool, like I said, to run with someone like that. Yeah. It's just cool to see the efficiency that 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 those athletes have at that level. It's just uh it's something to behold. It's something to behold. And what other sport could you do that? You couldn't you I mean, you're not gonna be playing pickup out there with like John Stockton or something. Well, he's busy right. he's busy doing his own research. But I mean someone you know, like Especially in – well, Chief's in great shape because if he's running this fast, it's great. But it's not like she's attempting a comeback, but she's also not just – I'm jogging with, you know, four and a half hour – like she's still going pretty hard here and she's going to be working pretty hard. Um, I, but so what would be interesting though is he'd be able to give us a firsthand account of just how she's judging her effort. Yeah. Is how she has to go right away to the – to the next race, which, by the way, don't expect any selfies or anything after because she's got to get immediately to another city to run another marathon. Yeah, she's she's doing a lot. Um, so, you know, I'm sure she'll be – she's always been nothing but awesome. To like, I've never seen her be anything kind of but that. So, um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, she's, I'm sure she's going to be worn out. She's going to look like Hassan did through the Hassanathon. Yeah. Because she's like, what, what did I get myself into? Yeah. But it'll be worth it. Yeah. Houserunnergmail.com is the email address. We'll be back next week. We'll record earlier next week because we'll be talking Chicago, talking Boston. See if someone uh, out there, you know, maybe maybe they uh, are going to emerge. A new American on the scene. A new international athlete on the scene. Maybe we were completely wrong today. There's going to be seven future Kipchoge's that come out of these. Who knows? We'll talk about it all next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Subscribe if you haven't yet to the Houserun podcast. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Jessica Ennis, 
basketball seasons here. Is it? That that preseason game was was fun. That was really exciting.